Hi there, Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment here. Welcome to the latest episode of Farm Equipment's podcast series, Our Dealer Story. In this episode, I sat down with Don and Linda Ellens, second generation owners of Ellens Equipment, a two-store New Holland dealership based in McBain, Michigan. Their son, Luke, is also part of the ownership group now. Don's father, June Ellens, started the dealership in 1954 when he purchased the Alice Chalmers dealership from Vanderwood Motor Sales, which had been selling cars along with Alice Chalmers Farm Equipment. The dealership initially operated out of the back of the McBain hardware store. In the 1960s, June took on the New Holland line and moved into a building dedicated to the dealership. Before we head over to Don and Linda, I wanted to thank our sponsor, HBS Systems, a multi-generational company that for over 30 years has provided leading edge systems and software technology designed specifically for ag and construction equipment dealers. Thanks for making this podcast series possible. Okay, let's get things going. This is the Our Dealer Story of Ellen's Equipment. been a while since I've talked with you guys. How's everything been? Got Good, a new really store? Good. Yep, the new store is doing way better than we even expected it would or hoped it would. So things are going really good. That's awesome. And that's been just about a year. Don, June was your father, correct? Yep, yep. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the farm equipment business and kind of got the dealership started? Sure. I don't know how far back you want to go, but him and his father-in-law, my grandpa, used to go and basically do custom baling. Back in the day, all the farmers would put their hay up loose in the barn. They'd go around and bale it and stack it. And he got injured. And while he was laid up, the local Els Chalmers slash Chevrolet dealer called him to see if he wanted to help be a salesman. So he started as a salesman at the Els Chalmers dealership. And then it uh, wasn't very long that they were ready to retire and they asked him if he wanted to take over, which he did, and that was in 54. Okay. Yeah, that's basically how he got his start. My grandfather worked for my dad, and he was a well-respected mechanic in the area. So I worked with him, too, as a young child and up through my teens and had a good heritage. We were all involved in the business at one point, and I guess you just grow up in it and take for granted. Now, I had brothers and stuff that didn't want to have anything to do with it, but that's all I ever wanted to do. I was the one that drove my parents crazy. Uh, He's the naughty one. Yeah, I was uh, the, <laughs> the driver. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I didn't take no for an answer. So. <laughs> okay. What was the dealership called back when he started, do you know? That he worked for? Yeah. Vanderwood Sales. Okay. And is that what ultimately became Ellen's Equipment? Ellen's Equipment. So the Chevy dealer that we did not buy, so the building and everything, he basically took the Ellis Chalmers dealership and started in a different location. And then about 15 years later, he ended up moving back and buying that facility. Oh, really? And then moving in there. And that's our old store. And then over the years, we kept buying up land downtown. And it grew and grew and grew. When I came in, it grew. And when Luke came in, it grew some more. And we just outgrew our area downtown. And then we moved out to the east side of town and where we are today. Okay. What kind of memories do you have as a kid being kind of around the business and watching your so, dad run the place? Yeah. So we also farmed. So we, of course, used the equipment to farm with. And then as soon as I could drive, probably the earliest uh, I remember as a kid, of course, going to the dealership, I wanted to be around equipment and everything. Mm-hmm. As I grew older into my early teens and stuff, I started working there, setting up equipment and stuff like that. And then I went to college for marketing and came back and really didn't want to take over yet. I was 
very interested in the service and, and kind of took over the service side of it until 93 when our main salesman retired. And then I moved up into the management sales role and took over. Knowing that you always wanted to come back to the dealership and to the business, so you studied marketing, you came back and then were in the service department. Was that just a get this more business yeah, degree for the future or how did that pan out? My folks knew that it would be a good experience for me and I hated every minute of it. And I would come home from college, I'd commute and come home and go to the store and work and drove my wife nuts. And I wanted to be a mechanic. I wanted to fix things. That's still where my love is. I still periodically get to go out and fix bailers. But now I've taken more of an advisory role in teaching and passing that along to the younger people here. So, Okay. Was your dad still involved in the business in 93 yep. then? Okay. Yep. Yep. He still was. Mostly in management. Once I came along, he kind of backed off and I was still there for advice and everything, but Mm -hmm. did a lot of hauling equipment and he was still active and probably for the next 10 years, I would say. Came more just an advisor. He really did a good job at just stepping back and letting Don run with it and probably made him nervous at first being a guy ideas. Don started advertising a bunch and things like that and his dad was kind of stood back and they really didn't do a lot of limitations. No. They did you did go to them for major decisions, but basically they just step back and let you do it and no. that's really quite surprising and hard to do. Yeah. Like I said, when I took over I was more aggressive and the business grew. Sales all of a sudden doubled and I took over as far as whole goods ordering and stuff like that. We had some good managers as far as parts and hired service managers to do that role, so we overlooked that. But I took care of the sales and management side of it up until about 2000, and then Linda came into the picture. We were married back in 82-1, excuse me. Anyway, but she was a nurse, and then, of course, her family came from a farm equipment background, and she always was a financial person. So she started working in the business when my mom got sick, actually, and that grew into uh, where she is today. She's really the manager here. So, Linda, what was that transition from nurse to accounting for the family business like? It was a little strange. I went from an office of all women to one man, to me being the only woman in a facility. So that was a little bit of a shocker. I love the numbers. I love math. So I always wondered if that's kind of the direction that I should have went, although I didn't enjoy the nursing side of it. It was kind of nice to be your own boss, pick your own schedule, kind of be in control of things a little bit. So that was good. I did miss my girlfriends, but I really loved the environment and the guys once I got to know everybody. Yeah. So you also grew up in a dealership family. What was that experience like for you and then coming into this dealership? Yeah. So my dad owned a dealership that when I was younger was a general store as well. So we sold groceries and clothes and all kinds of things. So it's just like this great big store that was really fun as a kid. I ended up being a cashier and helping buy groceries for the store and stuff like that. So it was kind of adventurous. I remember my dad was gone a lot. He worked a lot of late hours trying to get, you know, get the business going. But I have fond memories of playing out in the lot and jumping on equipment, which we probably shouldn't have been doing, (laughs) jumping from piece to piece and having a good old time. I have good memories of that. I think it prepared me for my life now and for our marriage and just the time that it takes and the commitment 
Don had seen that with his dad growing up, and I had seen that in my home. So I think we both are in it the right expectations that this is just going to take a lot of work together. So it's really went pretty well, I think. I think when I came into the dealership, Don, in my opinion anyway, Don started in the 90s, and he grew it, probably tripled the business. And he was still, when I came in 2000, he was still trying to do all the advertising and all of these things that he just couldn't do anymore. He was drowning. And so it was nice that I could come in and take some of those things away and so that he could really focus on growing the equipment side of the business. And I dealt with more of the people and that kind of thing. And then I think that's how we were able to grow the dealership even more together. Okay. And then when did Luke, your son, when did he start getting involved? I know he spent some time with New Holland before coming back, but I imagine he was around as a kid too. Yeah. Yeah. He was always around the store. (laughs) We have fond memories of making them sweep the floor and hearing them cry and whine and didn't think they'd ever turn out to be anything, but he always enjoyed equipment. He went to heavy equipment for four years at Fair State. He worked in the dealership as a yeah. technician for yeah. all his high school years as well. Yeah, okay. in the summers and yep. stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. and then went to heavy equipment, went immediately to work for New Holland as a service rep, which was kind of unusual for someone to start right out of college and into a service rep role, but he had very good people skills and very intelligent when it came to dealing with customers. So he stepped into that and was there for five years, and he kept pushing us to take on more lines, certain lines that he could see that were going to be good brands where the future was going for farm equipment. While he was still working with New Holland? Yeah, yeah. He got to see a lot of dealers, a lot of other equipment, Pottinger, Oxbow. He was an FR specialist with New Holland, so we took on the self-propelled chopper line, and then finally I said, I'm not doing this all alone. If you're going to be (laughs) part of this and help grow this, then you need to come home. And so he was there for five years, and it was a good experience Mm -hmm. for him, I think, not only meeting dealer contacts, but seeing how other dealers were run and where we could improve and What benefit. to do and what not to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was a service rep, I think, for two years, and then he was a sales rep, but then he was an FR specialist. There was only two in the U.S., and he was one of them. So he was a self-propelled forage harvester specialist and just went all over the U.S. And so when he came, he had this wealth of knowledge that most people don't have, which yeah. really kind of set us apart when he did come back. Wow, so he didn't just have some, like, regional, he's been in some no. other dealerships regionally. He had really been all over he, the country. He'd been all over the United States, yeah. yeah. That's great. On FR Specialist, he dealt with some of the largest dealers that handled that product and uh, how they succeeded and or failed or whatever. But and he was very confident in our product and New Holland's product, and uh, that confidence helped sell. And we've excelled with service in that product. We realize that you have to have a service department that's going to be there 24-7, 365. He brought that along, too, knowing that that's the only way you're going to be able to excel in that business. But that's kind of where you've been right from the get-go, probably because that's where you started with a technician. Like it's, With service. It's yeah. all about service, and one of the things we try never to do is outsell our service. So we always make sure if we add salesmen, we're always adding technicians so that we can service whatever we have out there so we don't get it over our head. I guess going back to Luke, too, one thing that I think he brought 
brought to this dealership. He's very much a planner and a visionary, so he's always looking to the future and what the next step is and always pushing us. Don and I can get caught up in day-to-day and just making the best of what we got going, but he's always making us look forward. And that's been really good for us. We don't really like to hear it. Right. You want us to do what? <laughs> yeah. But so that's a little bit like how, Don, when you stepped into a bigger role, probably it was with your own oh, dad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I pushed and forced him to do things he wasn't comfortable with, but he let us roll with it. And that's what we try to do with Luke, too. And he's proved himself as a very knowledgeable and usually his instinct is very, very spot on. We'll get back to the Ellen's Equipment story in a minute, but first I wanted to say thanks to HBS Systems, the sponsor of this series. To learn more about HBS's equipment dealership management systems, visit www.hbssystems.com. After that, head over to farm-equipment.com for the latest industry news. Now back to the story of Ellen's Equipment with Don and Linda sharing more on how they decided to expand to a second location in 2019 and how the first year is gone. You guys added the second location last year. Can you talk a little bit about how that growth came about, why you decided on the store? Sure. We always knew that that area was very rich in agriculture. It was different than what we did. It was cash crop. In the last 10 years, maybe 15 years, it's grown up into large dairies. So what happened was with Luke on board and the FR products and the amount of leasing that we do, we grew our business down there. And then New Holland wanted us to move forward and open a store down there. There again, stepped out in faith and it's amazing. Doors were open. People came to us for employment. It has surpassed our expectations greatly. It's amazing. We really prayed about that second location, whether it's something that we really should do or not and look for some direction. And we really prayed about it a lot. And New Holland chose us to be that dealer. We were up against another dealer and they chose us. And then once we made that decision to do it, it was just amazing how awesome this building popped up and then the price dropped. And then all of a sudden, all these people started coming to us. I think out of the majority of the employees we have down there, which are some of the best of the best, they came to us wanting to work for our dealership in that area. So cause that's the biggest worry as you go to new places. It's all about your people and your employees. And at both stores, I feel like we have some of the best. When we went to Ithaca, we said if we're going to go here, we're not going there to be mediocre. We want to be the best around. We want to provide the best service. And that team we have down there, they are living it. That's what they are doing is really just driving our reputation around there with the great service they're putting out. And we're just so honored that they want to be part of this. We are just so blessed by it. So was that, you guys already had kind of established customer base down in that area? Is that what you were saying? Or is this all totally new area for you? We had a presence down there and we dealt with dairy primarily Mm -hmm. because that's what we did in our northern store. So that's how we got into the area. Once we were down there, the cash crop came to us and to our salespeople and the service aspect, and it's opened a a lot of doors. Now, we don't know cash crop like we know dairy, but we do know that dairy people need service there again, 24-7, 365. And that's something that we offer to cash crop also, which is, in my opinion, something that's very, very desirable down there. From that aspect, I wouldn't say it's easy, But it opened a lot of doors for us, and the salesmen that we have and a lot of the people that we have down there are from that area and know the cash crop business. 
know the people in the area, which was a great wealth of knowledge that we took with us and has helped us immensely. How have you guys, what a lot of times when people add a location, the challenge of having the owner down there also, being in two places at once, how have you guys split that up to manage, making sure kind of the culture translates and everything like that? That was our biggest fear, our biggest challenge probably, because we really had a good culture here in McBean, and how do we transfer that to another store? And we were blessed enough to have those people come to the McBean store and work for us. It got a little tight in places, having people on top of people, but everyone there knows everyone here, and they got a feel for the culture, and they got a feel for who they were working for, and what we stood for. And that part of it really went extremely well. I would recommend anybody that's doing that to move people around. I mean, you think it's impossible to shuffle people, but that's the easy part of it. It worked out extremely well. We bought that building in February, and we were supposed to be in in July, and we actually didn't get in probably till September, October, and opened in November. And so all those Ithaca people drove an hour plus every day up here all summer long to be part of our team, and they kept wanting that new store to open. That was terrible for them, but like Don said, it was kind of the perfect storm in that we all know each other. They knew all our processes. They knew exactly what we wanted. So when the store opened on day one, we weren't trying to teach everybody how to do everything. They already knew. And so that was really good. And so Luke goes down there Monday, Tuesday, goes down there Wednesday, Fridays. And on Thursdays, our managers go down there, our parts and service managers do. And then I go from time to time for people stuff, probably once a week, down to the Ithaca store, sometimes twice a week. But that way, there's always an owner in the main store and there's an owner at the Ithaca store, except for the day our managers are there. So we try to always have someone there. Yeah, we kind of prepared for that, knowing that we'd have to double up like a service manager. So we have one service manager here and team leaders, and then same with parts. So we added some people temporarily that we knew we were going to have to have, and it's worked out well. And so you said that it's only about an hour away, so it's not too far to be making... minutes, yeah. Okay. No, it's not bad. Not a drive you necessarily want to make every day, but not bad a couple times a week. No, I get down there, and you want to be down there at 7 o'clock or something, and yeah, you got to get up at five in the morning and now you know what they were going through for quite some time. Right. (laughs) And it's good. It's a good experience. It's turned out very well. When I go down there, it's just like our other family and I just can't believe how much I've learned to love those people already in a year. That's probably really good that they did have that time where they were driving up to McBain to be with you guys and kind of see it in the environment that's already there, how everything works and just to get to know everyone. Yeah, that was huge. Over the years, what would you say have kind of been the biggest challenges you guys have faced as a business? It's uh, financial growth and debt. Being comfortable with it. <laughs> Being that. comfortable with it. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's on a bigger scale. Like, it's okay. a bigger scale, and ordering more, floor planning more has been a challenge. Understanding that you need this equipment and trusting that your people are going to move the equipment, service the equipment, all that stuff. And there again, we're amazed. It continues to happen. And that, I think for me, was probably the biggest thing. We used to financially basically do it all ourselves, and it got to a point where you can't floor plan it, cash right. flow it. You just got to step out in faith and understand that you're going to use the bank's money and pay interest. That's huge. So, And I think in finding the right people for the right places and Maybe delegating those jobs that you never thought you could delegate. Like I used to do all the sales settlements and 
all of the banking and everything, but I found some key people that I really trust that can do that for me, which has allowed me to do more managerial things. But just finding those people and evolving, letting them grow, letting them take responsibility and watching people run with it is really fun once you find the right people. Right. And then what would you guys say, what's ahead for Ellen's equipment? What's coming down the road? It's all secret. (laughs) (laughs) Probably growth, probably additional stores in different directions. We're not really sure. Companies are pushing us in more directions, and it's growth. There's opportunity, and there again, brings on more challenges. It's definitely growth. And how our positions look in that growth. I mean, right now with the two stores, and there's three of us, we can kind of take turns. But as you grow and you have more locations than you have people, than the three of us, like how does that look? And I'm sure we'll figure it out. But again, we're just going to have to evolve our leadership here. It dilutes you a little bit more. On those people that you're used to seeing on Mondays and Wednesdays or Fridays, you're going to have to separate that a little bit and and dilute that down. We all have taken our own roles in the business. We really don't have a sales manager per se. Luke and I take care of the sales managing I buy all the used equipment. I order all the smaller, under 140-horse tractors. He does all the large equipment and looks out for programming there and does a fantastic job of that, keeping things in front of the people. That's huge down in the new store. And Linda takes care of all the accounting side of it, and, and now we have four ladies under you that you pretty much manage it's it, seven. yeah seven yeah <laughs> so it continues to grow and she's the culture person she has cultivated that and done a very good job at it continues to and then is Luke your only child or do you guys have any other kids that are involved in the business no. or anything like that yeah our daughter Nicole is in the business she's our HR person does okay I remember that yep yeah, HR and then we have another son that's not involved in the business okay. he's over in Australia selling skateboards. that's how much you like to sell equipment (laughs) all right well unless you guys have anything else i think that does it great i have nothing that we can think of thank you so much yeah thank you it was nice catching up again always nice to talk to you guys thanks so much to don and linda for taking the time to sit down and share their story with us and another thanks to hbs systems for making this podcast possible I'd love to get your feedback on the series, so drop me a line at kschmidt at lessetermedia.com. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. This will ensure you're alerted as soon as new episodes are made. Thanks for joining us for this one-on-one conversation with Don and Linda Ellen. Until next time, I'm Kim Schmidt, signing out of the Our Dealer Story Podcast.